You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 70 called Blended Learning Roundtable with Roshni Desai. In this episode, we'll be talking with blended learning expert Roshni Desai about her experience running a blended learning classroom. We'll be sharing everything we know about blended learning best practices and the tech tools you need to make it happen. This is an episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. So, hello everybody. Roshni, thank you for joining us. This is a long time coming. We've mm-hmm. we've been talking about having you on for, <laughs> what, a year? Maybe longer. So, we're very excited for that. Um, I will tell you that episode 70 looks like an awesome number. I'm pretty happy with that. Mm-hmm. Nice round number. Yeah, 70's crazy. I think our listeners are probably sick of hearing us talk about how big these numbers are because we always mention it at the beginning of each show, but it's just, I don't know, it's nice to see getting up into the double digits there where <laughs> we've actually done. Uh, if, if you are a listener and you've been paying attention, we've released an episode every single Monday on a regular basis, even through all the crazy COVID stuff, uh, without missing one. Geis has had babies. I'm having a baby. <laughs> a thousand different insane things have happened in the world. But Got Tech, the podcast, comes out every other Monday religiously. I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're a content creator, you really have to set yourself to a schedule. If not, it just becomes so sporadic and you don't hold yourself accountable. Uh, but anyway, today we're talking about blended learning and, and not about schedules and releasing content. Yeah, so blended learning is it's a topic that, I mean, I guess we almost talk about it in every single episode of the podcast, really. But it's been a while since we've focused on it specifically. We had some very early episodes where we definitely got into blended learning and sort of really explored the topic specifically. But we thought it'd be fitting to, in this episode, sort of circle back. Uh, one, because so many teachers in schools right now are in this hybrid and remote learning environment. And blended learning, it's it's perfect for that. So if you've been listening to this show and you're engaged in some kind of blended learning, you're probably in a better spot to, to, you know, handle this weird sort of remote and hybrid environment. So that's why we're circling back to that topic. If you are new to it, you can go back and we've got lots of older episodes on blended learning. You can learn about what it is specifically, but uh, I thought we should start with just a very brief definition. And I didn't really get this from an official source. This is just my own description. So Roshni and guys, you guys can correct me if I miss (laughs) anything, but uh, it's essentially just literally blending what you think a traditional classroom should be. So that can be you know, lecture, notes, the students doing activities and labs, uh, but blending that with technology and student-centered learning via a computer or a cell phone or some kind of a device that the students have access to. Uh, so it's it's one of those things where the name blended learning actually is kind of what it is. And in some of the models within there, you've got things like station rotation, flipped learning, where students are, you know, accessing digital content from home and then engaging with it in school. And there's tons of those. You can do a quick Google search for yourself. Uh, But all of these things fall under this like giant umbrella term of blended learning. You can follow Got Teched outside the podcast at gottech.com or on Twitter at WeGotTeched. 
so I guess that's a, probably a good time to get into segment two. We'll introduce our guest today. She is a chemistry teacher, a flipped classroom and blended learning specialist. She's also currently pursuing a MS in instructional technology. Welcome to the show, Roshni Desai. Roshni, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? Yeah, we're, we're hanging in there. It's an exciting day. Like we said at mm-hmm. the beginning, we sort of gave you a, a pre-introduction introduction, but it's been a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I work with you on a daily basis, and we've yep. been trying to get you on the show for a while. Uh, so welcome, first of all, and maybe we could begin just, and you could tell us just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. First off, I just want to say thank you for allowing me to talk here with you guys. A little bit about myself. I graduated from Temple University in 2014 with a degree in biology and teaching. And so I taught in a bunch of different districts. And first I started teaching the traditional way without using blended learning. And I just kind of recognized that it wasn't working as well as it could be. So then I started learning more about blended learning and using different learning strategies in my classroom for about like four to five years now. And it's it's been going great. Seen significant improvement in like student understanding and content. And I'm glad to share my experience with you guys. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I know, I remember when you came to our district, the person that you replaced, uh, he was he was a great teacher. Um, I'm not knocking him at all. He was a fixture of the school. And, and I personally learned stuff from him that I use every single day to this day. He was not a blended learning guy. He was not yeah. a technology guy. So I was mm-hmm. super excited when you came and we got to really together sort of fully mm-hmm. explore this space. And I think we're going to be able to share mm-hmm. some of that with people today. Yeah, I know when you first got here, that's, I, I guess I was already out of the department at that point <laughs> in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I know just coming up there and seeing what everyone's working on, going around, seeing what technology is being put into place. I knew that we had a special hire here mm-hmm. and that, uh, I mean, I'm excited to not only see how far you come since you've been here, but actually where you're going mm-hmm. because you're growing at such a quick rate that, you know, it's always impressed me. And this is one of the reasons why we keep hounding you to be on the <laughs> on the show. So thanks for being here. Let's get into some of the uh, roundtable questions and get into the nitty gritty of blended learning. Yeah. So what we thought we would do for this episode, because I mean, Roshni is the guest expert, but w- <laughs> we hope that we all have things to share. So it's kind of a good space to do like a roundtable conversation. So we put together five questions. Uh, I'll ask the questions. Roshi's going to give you her response. And then like we typically do, we'll just uh, we'll just talk about it. And I'll get into the first one straight away. So Roshni, let's begin with what are what are your like favorite practices just across the board we kept that very general on purpose a favorite practice or practices uh, that you use maybe most often or prefer the most in your blended learning classroom so first off blended learning is all about um, personalizing instruction for students and allowing to them to like learn at their own pace both whether they're in person or online so right now in my classroom i use a lot of like the flip classroom model where at home students are watching like content videos and kind of understanding the content of like specifically in chemistry. And then when they come to school the next day, they're practicing what they learned at home. So that's with like a lab activity, some in-class practice. Basically, you're not lecturing them in class. You're actually allowing them to learn the material at home. So right now, the flipped classroom is the one that I'm using the most right now, and I love it. Have you seen, because I, I, I know you know this, but I'm mm-hmm. just going to share that we both do flipped classroom as often as we can. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things a lot of teachers worry about with that is, you know, how do you know or how do you get a sense of what the kids are learning and what they're doing? Do you in general feel like they like this better or do they learn better this way? Like how has that whole experience been so far? 
Definitely. It's definitely been a positive experience. They are overall just excited to watch the videos at home. And you can see a significant improvement when we do like checkpoints and things that would often um, allow them in class to just kind of like skip over. The videos are great because they can like pause, they can go back, they can relearn things at their own pace if they need to. So overall, it's just been a great experience with the flip classroom. Yeah, I know for me, uh, when I started flipping, it seems like ages ago, uh, that one of the populations that it really helped out was the uh, special ed population. Mm -hmm. Because not only did I give them my own take on a video or a piece of content, I also gave them guided notes. Mm -hmm. And to be able to fill that out at their own pace, so when they get to school, and in the class, uh, they don't need to focus on getting every little mm -hmm. detail down because they already have it and they're able to just sit there and absorb. Yeah, so that's why the blended learning is great because like in class, when you're lecturing at the students, they often miss some of the key points and the videos are great because they can pause and go back, like I said. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, the, the guy I mentioned who you replaced uh, at school here, that was one of his complaints about the blended learning or the flipped classroom specifically, because we he came back and he did some, he, did he cover you when you were out yeah. on leave? Yeah, mm -hmm. he, so he was doing some of your flipped mm -hmm. classroom stuff and he was so uncomfortable with the mm -hmm. fact uh, that he wasn't the one physically, actively saying the content, because in his mind, you know, if he said it, that means everybody got it, which I understand feeling that way, but it's almost the opposite. Mm -hmm. If they've only got that one, chance to you know listen to mm -hmm. this you know this sage on the stage is the term we typically use mm -hmm. and they don't get it or they're having a bad day so they're not paying attention then that content is gone and they mm -hmm. have they have other chances to get it of course you know uh, if you're a good teacher you always provide other opportunities but that one initial shot is mm -hmm. really important and you kind of miss that so uh, I know we're gonna get into more of the flipped classroom stuff as we go forward and some more details there I kind of wanted to throw in sort of related to that uh, one of the models that you'll read about for flipped or sorry blended learning is this uh, station rotation model where the kids sort of work in you know stations around the room one or more of those are going to be some kind of technology and because that tech is in there it counts for blended learning i wanted to say that i've had some success with this sort of doing like a hybrid model uh, because half of our kids are in person the other half are home and i had stations set up for the few kids that were in the classroom and they were sort of rotating around and while they rotated around in the classroom they had their chromebooks with them and they had they were in a zoom meeting and in that zoom meeting they were in breakout rooms so there's lots of layers to this but mm -hmm. they're in breakout rooms and the kids at home the remote students are in also in those breakout rooms so the kids at home can see what's going on at each of the stations and it was surprisingly helpful because there's also you know if the kid if a kid at home has a question they can also speak and the, their voice goes through into the classroom and it comes out in our speaker system in the room so kids at home are talking I'm responding other students are responding back to them it was like weird how smooth the whole thing went I'm not sure if you guys have any experiences like that yet or something else that works here I think that's a great best practice for remote and hybrid learning. I know the teaching both populations at the same time, the remote and in-class uh, students, is challenging. So yeah. the fact that you have a best practice that works, uh, I encourage everybody on Twitter to reach out to Nick and ask him for pictures and detailed <laughs> descriptions and uh, let him know that uh, he needs to, to share the, the wealth in more of a detailed mm -hmm. manner. All right. So I think that wraps it up for our best practices. I We would be crazy if we didn't spend some time talking about ed tech tools. So mm -hmm. let's, let's move 
into that. Roshni, is there any kind of ed tech tools that you've found like most helpful during this time, or it doesn't even have to be now with hybrid learning, but mm -hmm. just your favorite stuff in general? Yeah, so I have so many of my favorite ed tech tools. The one that I see I use a lot is screencasting. I use a screencast-o-matic to voice over my pre-made PowerPoints already, and that's kind of how I make my videos and content. So I already have the PowerPoints, I just have to open them up and just kind of voice over them using screencast-o-matic. Following up with the videos, um, sometimes in class, we go over some content. I've been using currently um, Mentimeter. It's really great. It's like a great like check-in with the students. You can use it for like formative assessments. You can do it for like do nows. You can do it for just kind of checking in to see if they understood the content that they learned the night before. With Mentimeter, do you, is this like questions you can set up ahead of time, like a quiz almost? And do you like project it in class? Like mm -hmm. what's the, what are some of the details of actually using this thing? Yeah, sure. They have so many different types of questions you can put in. You can put in images, you can ask them to compare different like Adams, for example, um, you put in your pre-made questions, you can even put in PowerPoints with some questions on there and the students are logging in like on their devices or on their phones and the poll goes directly onto the screen so everyone in the class can see it. One thing that we're always worried about is like signups, like do you have mm -hmm. to download anything or can they, do you just send them like a class code? What's mm -hmm. the... It definitely has a class code. Okay. So the teacher sets it up and then it has a class code where students can go onto a specific website. I think it's like mentimeet.com or something like that and they just put in the class code yeah that's uh that's a pretty cool and i'm not gonna lie i i didn't hear about this one until about 25 minutes ago when i, I looked at the show notes for the first <laughs> time today but that is one that i will be checking out i used to use uh poll everywhere mm -hmm. and then i went into five other different things zoom has it built in any way that you could get some type of formative assessment in mm -hmm. instant results instant data that you could use to identify uh misconceptions uh, I think is the name of the game. I want to go into a little bit about the creation piece of this in Screencast-O-Matic. That's where you really had me at a hello there. <laughs> uh, Screencast-O-Matic is by far my favorite screencasting tool. I, I, I do pay for this one, and this is one of the ones that I pay for the uh, premium version because I just believe in it. I've had it since 2011, I'm guessing. Fantastic job with that, and... Uh, just personalizing your content for your students to let them know that uh, you can you can push out this content and still be present and do this flipped uh, classroom model in a successful way. All right, so I think there's something that you and I have been going on a lot about, guys. Uh, just came up last week that I think is a great ed tech tool. Mostly this is for our teachers who are doing remote or hybrid instruction, but there's a thing, uh, I guess it's just a website, sort of like you said with Mentimeter, no download, no nothing. Mm -hmm. It's all class codes, no subscriptions. It's great. It's called whiteboard.fi. So if you are a teacher who, for chemistry it happens a lot, but we ask our students to do math and calculations and if they're in person it's great because they just they can go and fill out the worksheet and work in groups and talk to each other and walk around uh, but if you're doing this remotely in zoom you sort of lose that right you can't walk around and look at what they're writing or ask them to go to the board and explain it and one way that's really great for this is whiteboard.fi it's essentially a bunch of digital whiteboards like you might hand out for students to write on in class but uh, of course the digital version so they log in they enter a name put in the class code they get their own little board. They can use their mouse or the mouse pad to write on it. And the coolest part is that as the teacher or 
the one who set up that room that they logged into, you can watch on their board what everybody's writing in these little tiles all at once. So if you see something you don't like or somebody that might need help, you can double click on it, get like a close up view of what they're writing. And then if you're in a Zoom meeting together or, you know, something else like a Google Meet, then you can also talk to that person and literally guide them through what they're writing. So I think this is a great answer to teachers that are looking for a replacement for that type of a thing. You guys got to check out whiteboard.fi. I think uh, that is an amazing tool. Uh, I, I like Jamboard for most of the stuff that I need to do with the whiteboards, but I will tell you one particular functionality that Jamboard does not have is it doesn't allow you to uh, have students work individually on boards without them mm -hmm. seeing each other's boards. So this is a great fix for me if I'm practicing how to do multiple choice test taking strategies or free response question strategies. I want to be able to see what they could do on their own every once in a while. So I think that's great. My tool that I want to throw in here is gif.com. Now it is a website that you could go to to make a GIF. And if you don't know what a GIF is, uh, by the way, GIF, not GIF. Um, I got to throw that out there. But <laughs> if you want to know what a GIF is, it's an animated picture, basically. Mm. All right. And I use GIFs to make my Harry Potter newspaper and some other things. But I like to personalize my classroom a little bit by giving them GIF-like feedback. Sometimes when we make videos, Nick, uh, we do weird things. Like right now, we're recording this video. We have our masks on, and it's kind of hilarious because Nick's mask keeps <laughs> slipping down. It's driving me nuts. And he keeps pushing it back up over his nose, but every time he gets excited, it falls down again. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this little segment on uh, YouTube. You can picture it being 25 minutes long. Say this podcast is 25 minutes long. We put it on YouTube. And I really want to get this clip of him pulling up his mask every two seconds. What I would do is type in GIF, G-I-F, before YouTube on the URL of the video that you want to use. So it goes www.youtube and then all that stuff after. If you type in G-I-F there, it's going to bring up that video and it's going to allow you to select like three to five seconds of time in that video that you want to make a GIF and then export it, which is awesome. Uh, the students love it. I like to use it for certain lessons that I do. For example, I just did one on energy transfer and energy gets transferred in this biomass uh, pyramid 10% each level. Well, I have a little GIF that shows that and it just repeats and repeats and repeats. And that's one of the hardest concepts for them to get. But because they see it over and over while I'm presenting the slide, they remember it. All right. So those are, those are some great tools. I think it's really important here to talk classroom management, especially for teachers that are the blended learning sounds intimidating for a lot of reasons. One of them is that like increased control that the students have over what's happening. And some teachers do feel like you're sort of losing that control yourself because you are now not the one who's saying we're talking about this today. You kind of can still do that, but mm -hmm. there's a lot more freedom on the part of the students. So classroom management does become an issue. What have you found, Roshni, that works well for, for keeping track of the kids? I think first off, whenever you're incorporating some sort of like blended learning thing for the students to do, there is definitely a classroom management part. Um, you as a teacher, you are still controlling what they're learning, but in a more open environment than you would in like a traditional classroom. 
So like there's just some things that I personally use in my classroom that helps uh, keep students accountable for their learning. I always start off by like building community with this classroom before we even start anything that's like blended learning, just kind of showing them my expectations and what their expectations are whenever they're doing any types of activities regarding blended learning. Definitely in the remote setting, it's important to set like remote norms and kind of like what you expect them to do and try to keep your directions like really clear. Um, specifically, if we're doing like a flipped classroom or something, I like to have like something as simple as like a Google Doc that shows like what their activity is, what's due, when is it due. Um, it's about personalized learning. So they have some leeway and some student accountability in the pace that they're learning certain materials but as a teacher you still need to have some expectation in order to kind of just establish that classroom management in your classroom. I like how you mentioned keeping kids accountable because you you know part of it is that and you can have this conversation with your students too like hey guys this is Mm self-paced but that means that you are the self and you have to keep it paced and like a a google doc is like an awesome idea to keep track of that for me it was getting comfortable with just the unstructured time Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's a that's a weird thing to see sort of what do you usually say like organized chaos right when Mm -hmm. you describe this whole thing because that's kind of what it can look like but that's okay and and you may even want to consider talking to uh, maybe your administrators ahead of time and let them know like hey I'm doing this it it may look a little crazy but here's here's what's actually happening and all these different student groups are doing all these different things and just so they know what that is and if you're comfortable with it then it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and it's also important to just kind of like reflect, like try something new and just like reflect on it and see if it did actually work or not work and what you could just like change for next time. I remember one of my uh, first observations for a new course that I created here with an administrator in there. And, you know, this administrator is one of my favorites. Uh, he He's no longer with us. He's at another school, but he was one of my favorites. And it's the lowest score I've ever gotten. <laughs> But the conversation that we had was priceless, and the feedback was even better. Mm -hmm. Uh, He actually put on there that it was chaotic at times, (laughs) but they seemed to get a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's awesome. And he wasn't sure if that was a good thing or not, because this is the first lesson. I mean, this was one of my first years of doing blended Mm -hmm. learning. And he goes, I've never seen anything like this. I'm still trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, take it all in all that good stuff. But for me, what I want in classroom management, and it has to be tied in there, are checkpoints and feedback. I like to make playlists or choice boards, but built into the choice boards are these little checkpoints where I could get a formative assessment where I could give them either instant or near instant feedback. And for me, that is extremely important. Uh, If I had to throw out two that I really like doing, uh, I like GimKit a lot. That's probably my favorite. gamified Mm -hmm. formative assessment and then the other thing that i had to throw out there and i've been saying this one a lot but it's just so good and that's moat anything that takes a long time to grade just moat it Mm -hmm. i mean go leave a voice comment give them some transcript uh feedback Uh, you can even translate it if you're a foreign language teacher and you want your kid to get used to the written language that you're studying you could say it in English or Spanish. If you say it in English and you translate it to, to Spanish or French, it will do that for you. It puts all the accents in there. It's pretty amazing. It's a great way to communicate to your students and get them another angle of the language or another form of feedback. 
Yeah, Moat is, is definitely awesome, and we keep bringing it up on the show for a good reason, because it's it's awesome, so check it out. Our next one we want to get into, is, it's always my favorite, and I think mm-hmm. it what pulls people into blended learning the most, and that is, it's blended. So you don't have to go full digital if you don't want to. It kind of recognizes that teachers, mm-hmm. you know, there's still such a thing as good teaching, and mm-hmm. we should acknowledge that. So Roshni, are there some times where you don't go digital? Yeah, there's definitely times like I'm a big advocate for like blended learning and like using digital tools. But if it's not really enhancing your lesson or doing things that traditional teaching could do, then there really isn't a point of doing it. So like an example would be like a hands on lab, like there's some good lab skills students need and you just it doesn't do justice doing it on the computer or doing it like virtually. You have to like actually do it. I agree. I think you just hit her silver bullet like (laughs) right on the head. We always say that. Uh, technology needs to be used in the classroom when it's going to enhance mm-hmm. a lesson, take it further. I'm teaching AP Bio for the first time this year and uh, back into the classroom for the first time in six or seven years. For me, I miss labs. Mm-hmm. I miss them so much. And because we're limited on what we're allowed to do, what students can touch, how many setups we have and things like that, I find myself you know, going to simulations with technology, I was like, man, I really have a good (laughs) hands-on lab that I wish I could be doing right now. And the thing about blended learning is you're trying to teach like every student in your classroom. So like all the different types of learners, the ones that really like the hands-on skills, the audio ones, the ones that are more visual, that's the whole point of blended learning that you're just kind of like personalizing the instruction for all the students. Yeah, and it lets you do it, right? Like you can mm-hmm. have one station that's mm-hmm. a hands-on way to learn. You can have one station that's small group work mm-hmm. that you are running, the teacher, and you can teach those kids directly. And then you have another station that's maybe a video and an article they can read. Yep. So it's these different modalities, and it's it's just awesome. I My biggest one is handwritten notes. One mm-hmm. of you guys said it. Mm-hmm. I, I like it, and I find a lot of the kids like to take handwritten notes, mm-hmm. too. I even read an article, this is years back, I'm not sure how current this science is, but it said there's something about physically writing with your hand. It, it really can, it does help more than typing, mm-hmm. sort of establish like neural connections in your brain that eventually lead to memory and learning the thing. Is it the only way? No, of course not. So I'm not sort of bashing anyone who runs, you know, has their kids take notes by typing. Some of my kids are doing that now by choice. But um, I like it. So just as an option, here's the note sheet to go along with today's video, guys, or this mm-hmm. article. Grab one if you want one or print mm-hmm. it off if you want for the kids that are home. So I think that's important, too. Um, and we'll we'll wrap it up here with some a question just about resources because there's tons of stuff out there that will sort of help you get started with blended learning. Roshni, I don't know, do you have any particular person or a website or really any, any place you go to find this stuff? Um, one um, educator that I follow the most is like Catlin Tucker. She's like a blended learning coach and like a education consultant. She has some like great articles. She even provides coaching sessions to help teachers get started um, with blended learning and just kind of has a lot of support if you want to actually get started with blended learning in your classroom. Uh, I, I can tell you I'm a big fan of Catlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was actually just on one of her former guests' uh, podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Richard Smith. So the uh, Tech Study Hall podcast. And another one that is kind of another blended learning uh transformation agent is Charity Dodd. We mention her a lot because we work with her a lot. She hosts the hashtag blended or BL in action, blended learning in action 
uh, Twitter chat, but she just announced on Richard's podcast because she was also on there that she is starting her own podcast. So I'm looking forward to mm -hmm. seeing that come out. Uh, there's another person. When I think blended learning, I also think content creation. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big part or big component of blended learning. And one of the, the best content creators out there that I've seen recently is Darren White, and he could be found on Twitter at Rang. Uh, I always say I want to say Ranger the yeah. Trainer, but it's really <laughs> Ranga the Trainer. Mm -hmm. um, it's a hard G. That's what he always tells me. But uh, when I say always once, <laughs> um, but uh, Ranga the Trainer, go out and follow him on Twitter. He does a lot of stuff with Weave Video and Wakelet mm. and and all those good things. Um, Charity Dodd is at Charity Dodd. But since we're talking about Twitter handles, uh, is there a way for people to follow you? Oh, I actually don't have a Twitter. I want to get into it, but... So what would it, what, what's it going to be when you start it later today? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> at, Ro at Roshni Desai 314. There you go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can possibly get into that. <laughs> One thing that we always say is that uh, Twitter is where I find most of our PLN mm. is... Uh, Starting to look at Instagram. I'm a very big newbie on mm -hmm. Instagram. I'm still trying to figure it out and how it could be used to uh, kind of grow our PLN on this. But we'll definitely set you up with a <laughs> Twitter account because we got to get connected on there. Yeah. All right. So, Nick, anybody that you follow or anyone that you uh, you find that can contribute to the blended learning conversation? Yeah, I went more with like a resource kind of uh, aim here because I don't know why. It's just I, actually, I do know why. I think this is something that everybody needs to know about. It's called the Chromebook App Hub. I, I push this all the time. Just last night, me and guys were uh, at a speaking engagement, and we're sharing, you know, our top five tools. One of our, you know, we go back and forth and have everybody vote on whether Geis or, or I have the best tools. <laughs> Somehow he won, although I'm still questioning <laughs> that uh, particular vote. It wasn't even close. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of the things I always share in these, you know, our competitions is the Chromebook App Hub. It's a website, uh, open sourced, so anyone, any teacher can go there and add things. Uh, and what you're adding are lesson ideas. It's like this insane database, it's almost sort of like would be a giant wakelet where everybody across the world is just adding all these great lesson ideas. So different app smashes, lesson templates, just things that somebody has tried or thought about, a new article they read and how they used it in class. There's really no limit to what it is, but if you go there, there's all kinds of filters. You can select lessons by content area, by grade level, and then even within that by like, not a standard necessarily, but by certain things like maybe writing skills. You wanna look at lessons that highlight those. It's incredible and the best part about it is that it's always growing and changing and getting more awesome all the time. So you can just Google Chromebook App Hub. We'll put a link in the show notes too for anybody going to gottech.com to find uh, some of these links as well. So let's wrap this episode up a little bit saying where we could be found. And that's at our website, www.gottech.com. You could also follow us on Twitter. The podcast is at We Got Tech. Or you could follow Nick at Nick Got Tech or me at Geist Got Tech. One other thing that we want to throw out your way is that 
we decided to sit down and make some goals and we do this for our podcast we do this professionally um we do this personally as well and we came up with a couple of goals that we want to share with you about this podcast and we always talk about all these tools and and things i don't know templates and best practices and tips and all that on the podcast and we decided that we want to also throw this on youtube in little we're trying to keep them under five minutes but they're little tips and tricks of the day it's called the got tech tip or the got tech tool of the day so make sure that you're going over to our youtube channel checking out some of the tips and tricks that we're throwing out there but we're trying to do two a week between the two of us so uh make sure you go check that out yeah two a week and um i'll also say that we are starting up for the final three episodes of our youtube series flipped flops if you've been listening throughout the summer you know that uh, our sort of side project treefish edu with classroom q creator kyle nemus um, we sort of took a pause to help everyone get started with the school year uh, Kyle was having a new addition to their family, so we're sort of letting everybody settle down. But we're bringing back three, I believe it's three final episodes of Flipped Flops, the another YouTube series where you can hear about all the ways that me, Eric, and Kyle messed up and ruined our flipped learning classrooms so that you guys don't have to make the same mistakes. So you can check us out on all those different spots. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geist and I individually at Geist Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.